When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Giants-Vikings. I was thinking about this. Seasons where you can't, like, sell a t-shirt. You... NFC East champions, NFC champions, Super Bowl champions, right? Like, they're hard to define as, like, unbelievable, overwhelming success because you don't hang a banner. You don't really remember them. Well, unless you're the Colts. Remember they put AFC finalist up that year? (laughs) Yes. Right. Incredible. Or, like, this Bears season where you have a revelation, but you also get the number one pick, but you weren't expected to be good. But, like... The team that wins the Super Bowl, the team that loses in the Super Bowl, will have more successful seasons than the Giants. But isn't it possible that the Giants could lose this game and then the team that like loses in the NFC Championship game or loses in the AFC Championship game, they make it around further in the playoffs, but their fan base would not be as happy or excited as Giants fans would be? Well, why are you Jake. why are you even stopping in the championship game? Why can't you bring yourself to say Super Bowl? There have been teams you, that I, have gotten squashed in the Super Bowl that had high expectations and were expected to win it or had lost one and were searching for that championship and that because because, caused, because I think that the Super Bowl is it is so like singular and special and like the two weeks leading up to it. Well, you might think that way, but I don't think all fans do. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they do, but I'm, I'm saying for me, like the the lead up to the Super Bowl, you get a you know you get the Lamar Hunt Trophy or the George Halas Trophy. There you 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 get a T-shirt. You get to- like if the Chiefs were to lose the Super Bowl again, like they did against Tampa, yeah, their fans aren't going to feel as good as Giants fans at the end of the year. See, I don't I don't agree with that. Why? Because the Chiefs kind of looked at this year as a. Correct. Okay. A, tra- a transitional year. Holy Fine. shit. In our down year, our quarterback are so good. People were picking the Chargers before the year. People were picking the Broncos before the year. People said we had the toughest division in football and we set records when we okay. lost Tyreek Hill. Like, I agree so, with that. But anyway, my, my point is basically like the Giants now think they have a coach. They think they have a quarterback. That's the bigger one. And they won a playoff game in a year where they were supposed to have a top five or top ten pick. Like, I think the Giants fans could legitimately stake a claim that they've had the third most successful season. Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl well, loser, New York Giants. The biggest thing about that game, and you don't want to overreact to a game against the worst defense in the league. Right. But that's what's happening right now. Um. There were a lot of graphics that were shown before the season started comparing the start of Daniel Jones's career 
to the start of Josh Allen's. And it was largely ridiculed and mocked and made fun of. But when you see the way Jones looks in this game on Sunday, it doesn't seem all that far-fetched. And the thing now is for the Giants is that they get cap relief. They've got to find a way to bring in somebody, not like a Kenny Galladay, but a legit guy who makes Jones even better the same way that the Bills made the Diggs trade. That's priority number. That becomes their number one objective this offseason. Who is the player? Who are the players we get? You know, the, the Jaguars spent $105 million on Lawrence Weapons and then made the Ridley trade this year. I mean, they 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 buttressed around their number well, so one. I've looked, a, I've looked a lot into it because of the Bears' needs for it. It's, it's an absolutely terrible free agent year for wide receivers. Jacoby Myers is arguably the best free agent wide Juju. receiver. Juju. Guys right. like that. Juju, exactly. Um, but you could trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. We'll see, we'll see what the Raiders do with Devontae Adams. And if you want to be super aggressive, like the team you're playing this weekend, the Eagles, you call Cincinnati – about and T. you Higgins. say, are you guys really prepared to pay Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, or would you take our first-round pick for T. Higgins? Yep. And then you trade a first-round pick and give them $100 million. It's the most expensive way to acquire talent, trading a draft pick and signing the guy. But if you really do think that you're a number one receiver away... I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one now. Obviously, this would have been different if we talked and had this conversation a week ago. But because McVeigh's back now, but wouldn't you at least call the Rams about Cup? Yes, of course. Absolutely. What's their situation? Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, th- th- I mean, there's a lot of like, uh, what are the Broncos going to do? I mean, I guess Russell Wilson finished a little bit better, but I mean, are they I feel to- like their wide receivers have been overrated for a while now. I know J- Judy's the guy you're thinking of, and I obviously he's better than the free agents. Yeah, that we're talking about, but I think the Giants have to hope for something or someone better than that, and maybe use their first round pick on a wide receiver too. We'll see, but so that that's. It's not a it's not a draft where people think that there's wide receivers in the top ten, but there's always rookie impact receivers. The you know Quentin Johnson, the kid from TCU, uh, USC's got a receiver that people think Jordan Addison. Yeah, Addison. Thank you. Um, so so yeah, I mean may, maybe you go that route for them, but I don't know how patient you know they're they're going to be. I'm fascinated in in Daniel Jones's contract. Because like, are they gonna are they gonna bring back both? Are they gonna bring back Daniel Jones and Saquon, or are they gonna tag Saquon and sign Daniel Jones, which is what I would assume they're gonna do. But how is how is Barkley gonna feel about that franchise tag if they do that? You know, I mean, how angry can he be when he got top five draft pick money? Yeah. You know, um, I'm sure he wants the deal, but how angry can he realistically be? I just don't know how many years you commit on guaranteed money to Daniel Jones. Like you decline the fifth year option and then he does this. Obviously they have the great self scout on the guy and Dable would be the one to know. Dable's so impressive, man. So impressive. Like 
I wonder. Do you if think he, the Vikings have a Kirk Cousins problem? Of course. Okay. But they've had a Kirk Cousins problem. Like, like Kirk Cousins, I legitimately thought was pretty good in that game, and they lost it because of their defense. Their defense is pathetic. But the problem with Kirk Cousins isn't like prime time. He's won in prime time. It's not that he can't win in the playoffs. It's not that he can't make a big throw in the playoffs. The throw he made to Thielen in that Saints game in the fourth quarter was unbelievable. Like, Kirk Cousins is a good player, but the ceiling is just so low and the margin for error is so slim. Like, how in the world do you check that ball down to Hawkinson late and then after the game be like, eh, I've thrown short of the sticks before and you just let your guy make a play and there was pressure coming. Dude, you got to stand in there and take a hit and you got to I mean, the play call also was terrible. Like when they sh- showed the like the dots of what you know the dot graphic that's the, all the rage yes, now. The dot graphic. I don't know the better way to describe it. No, I but, know what you're talking about like the one that like Mina Kimes will constantly like send out or Bill Barnwell, that one. Yeah, the they do dots. like on the CBS feed, they do it as like Romo yeah. Vision and then like everybody else does it on Twitter. Yeah. But like Everybody, like, there were three dudes who were running like 20 plus yard routes and Hawkinson who was running a three yard route and they needed nine yards for a first down. Like where is the eight, nine or 10 yard route? I don't understand why it was like such an all or nothing play call. Um, so I think there were a lot of failures in that moment. But Cousins, because of the reputation, will deservedly wear it for choosing the worst of all of the options. I guess the worst option would be the sack. But the second worst option, it was indefensible. But I think there was just more blame to go around than just the check down or just Kirk Cousins. Notably the defense. I think they should get the guy who was with O'Connell in, in L.A. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, the Broncos defensive coordinator should go to Minnesota next year. That just seems like a slam dunk. Last game to react to. It was the first game. It was a blowout. Started interesting. San Francisco, Seattle. So we can do anything specific you want from the game. You know, I've been saying for, not that this is terribly original, but I've been kind of dismissing Dallas and saying that eight weeks, we are on a collision course for San Francisco and Philly. I still feel that way. But do you think that if Brock Purdy wins, it is a wins the Super Bowl, it is a more improbable story than Kurt Warner? No. I don't. Not even like instantly. No. You're asking me. I mean, Kurt Kurt Warner was stocking shelves in a high V store in Iowa and came out of the Arena Football League. This guy was the last. I understand that. But Warner wasn't drafted, went to a Packers tryout, got cut, and then was like out of the league and had to navigate his way through the minor leagues of football at the time. Yeah. That's that's the only one though, right? It would be the second most improbable then? It's because it's it's certainly more improbable than Nick Foles. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Nick Foles in his first stint with the Eagles actually had a good year with Chip Kelly. Like, it was not obviously sustainable. They made the playoffs. I'm just saying Brock Purdy was 
great. Again, threw for three, ran for one, no turnovers. I understand Shanahan. I understand having McCaffrey, who's amazing, and Ayuk, and Kittle, and that line, and Debo, and those weapons, and plug and play, and the system, and yada, 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 even though he's now looking better than Jimmy G, and Nick Mullins didn't look good there. Like, we have to be open to the possibility Well, that Brock Purdy is good. I know, but I think there's a little bit of revisionist history about his performance in that game. I think because he started so bad and finished better, people just are latching on to the way he played the last 30 minutes of the game, which was really good. They scored but 41 points. I know they did. But Danny, uh, their guys are always wide, freaking open. <laughs> it's the it's, it's a guy that has watched the Bears passing offense for the last I know. 20 years. Is it not frustrating that every guy is wide the F open on like every play? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's the biggest part of the reason why they're winning, obviously. But that's I it's a, it's a I just listed it all, right? We I I'm with you on that. I just I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm watching, dude. He was the last pick in the draft and he he's shredding people in a situation where but I don't think he's shredding people like Mahomes or Burrow, where these are like pinpoint accurate dime throws where your jaw's hitting the floor type play. He has that pretty sick, like spin out of it, rolled yeah. right through to the back of the end zone. Mitchell, that was a good play. I mean, yeah. that was a that was a really good one. If any other quarterback does that, we're talking about it. I will give him credit for that one. But like the Debo Samuel touchdown. It's like pitch and catch, and the guy takes off, and he's gone. I mean, it's I understand, just... but like, but so Kyle Shanahan was getting to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Jimmy G got a hundred and something million dollar, hundred forty five million dollar contract, but then he proved to not be very good. But he was winning, and the Niners traded. All those draft picks to move up from what thirteen to three, to to take Trey Lance. So like, the team that felt like they could win with anybody, traded everything to yep. try to be special at that position. That guy got hurt. Then the next guy got hurt. Then well, the next guy got. They're hurt. still not special at the position. I mean, he's the of the quarterbacks that are still playing. He's the worst one that's still alive. But he's in the exact right place. And the other thing is, this is uh, this is to Kyle Shanahan's credit, he could have easily, with the defense they have, gone the Garoppolo NFC Championship game against the Packers route and said, we're just going to play defense and hand the ball off to McCaffrey, Mitchell, and our backs and win ugly. And they're not doing that. Like In that way, I give him total props, and that shows he has confidence in Purdy. And Purdy... Hasn't given him a re- hasn't given him a reason to not play that way. So that will that that will be my compliment for Brock Purdy. Do I still think Big Ben could do better? I'm rethinking that take a little <laughs> bit now. <laughs> but he is the worst quarterback that's still left for sure. You think he's for sure worse than Daniel yeah. Jones? 
Daniel Jones might have been the might have had the best quarterback performance of any guy this weekend. Dak was pretty good tonight. Okay, I'll concede Dak. that because I had the Dak over receive uh, over passing yards prop. Dak Dak was Dak was pretty good. Tom Brady threw the ball sixty six fucking times tonight. I ridiculous. I don't want to get greedy here, but. I had a massive same game parlay that I lost because CD Lamb didn't go over 75 yards, which I'm still not really sure how that happened. Six legs, everything else hit. Oh, man. Prescott over, Gallup over, Evans over, Elliott under, Pollard over, Lamb over, did not hit. 68. So that's tough. I lost the same game parlay that was not close to winning and then but still made money because I bet the under in the game, which came in by half a point. Nice. I crushed it this weekend, honestly. I thought it was gonna be a bad beat weekend for the ages when I lost Chargers minus two and a half, and I rallied from that point on and didn't lose another spread bet the the rest of the way. I went four and two. Nice. I hit multiple live Niners bets. Uh, are you a live betting type? Are you into that whole Jeopardy James? That yeah, that's like, where your best odds are. Community. I like live betting. Yeah. I also like because I I think that there's sometimes like I kind of just like trust my eye. Oh. Yeah. When you you know what I mean? Like when you're watching the Danny the Parkins eye test. I love the eye test. Yeah. Just like sometimes it's tough to know. Like you know. I, so I, when I, did you bet Jags on Saturday? When did you live bet them? I did, did you? No. Okay. I didn't. I you know, I have a Chargers future. Cut your losses. Had your bets. I should have. No, I, I so that game honestly was but no, hit hit the teaser that I gave out for Giants and Bengals, hit a couple of live bets in the Niners, hit the under tonight, lost a few silly same game parlays. Nice nice wild card weekend. Accounts are looking flush. But are we doing this Thursday night, right? Yes. Pretty awesome. Man. Like the top six teams, obviously two with the bye, but then the next four, like all advanced. All the teams that came into the playoffs with like reasonable Super Bowl odds, none of them got up. Yeah, no stunning upset. You're right. You know, so sets up for pretty marquee matchups um, the rest of the playoffs. And I mean, if the Jaguars are like the, you know, I mean, obviously the Giants, but someone was going to be bad there. It's NFC, but it's pretty good, man. Pretty good divisional slate and way better weekend of football than I thought it was going to be. Way better. Yeah, after, I mean, really the only, you know, the second half, of, well, tonight wasn't good, but it was weird. Well, tonight was kind of compelling because yeah, of the just Maher missed kicks. And Brady just, how bad can it get for the greatest player? Yeah, no, so tonight, tonight was compelling. The Niners was an ass kicking and everything else was pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. All right, Danny. Thursday night, brother. All right. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Subscribe, rate, review. Come on, tell a friend. We're doing this throughout the playoffs. Get the word out there. Tell acquaintances. Yeah, you don't even have to really like them. Like if they if someone calls you too often and you're like, hey, they would maybe call me less if they were listening to two hours a week of football talk. Send this podcast to him. He's Andrew Philponi. I'm Danny Parkins, first in pod.